to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing pretty good. I think this is episode eight now. I think is that so. right? Yeah, we had to break one up. So Finally. I think we're on episode eight. I think we're going to do that a lot when we get to the albums. And I think uh, uh, today we'll probably break down uh, a new album once we get into it. Yeah, we're going to do A Matter of Life and Death. So I think that's definitely going to be over the length of one podcast for sure. I think that'll take a bit of time. It's uh, a four-sided vinyl. And uh, I got the vinyl in advance of this. Filling out the collection. Getting there. Oh, yeah. But uh, I got to say, it was excellent vinyl. A lot of disc changing, but deadly. I like the uh, when they break it up over multiple discs. Yeah. I got uh, Pearl Jam Riot Act, and that split up over a bunch of discs. Well, over two discs. Why, why is that, though? Is that when you split it up... It's just it's that much music. It won't fit on. It won't fit on. Album. But isn't there something to, like, you know, uh, the Matt Mays album, for example, you have to hit the speed button on the, yeah, that on the vinyl player. A 12-inch, but it's 45. RPM. Yeah. But but people like say you're fitting, like, when you slow it down like that, Yeah, you're fitting more information into the groove you know what i mean yeah it's supposed to be higher audio quality but yeah well it's an analog groove and it's it's reading everything so i guess the density at which it reads it it, it you know it interprets that signal over a shorter period so it's getting more richness in the signal that's, yeah i don't know i can't hear a difference i don't think yeah well you can look at them under electron microscope yeah i've seen like, pictures yeah, online yeah it looks like a valley that's been carved by like a yeah. glacier what i like about it is if it's an album that you don't know like riot act is one of those pearl jam albums that like and that one, for some reason, I just like skipped over the years. I knew a few songs off of it. And when you're trying to get into an album, so I'll put on side A, yeah, and I'll just listen to that over and over and over. Then you flip to side B over and over. So it's like little chunks they can listen to over and over. Yeah. And then by the time you're done, you know all the songs inside it. Well, that that's what I found about this album. But I found I kept going back to side three, which was interesting. The the uh, first side, second second disc. We'll get to that. So there's been a lot of uh, stuff happening in Maidenland, and uh, even some trip news potentially for us. I think we're we're kind of on the fence. We might do the second London show. We got our tickets. Is that right? Lined up? Yeah, there's still nosebleed yeah. seats left. I think I might pick up two. That'd that'd be good. I think it'd be nice for us to sit way back and size it up. And that also gives us an opportunity to get really drunk, (laughs) which I think on the second show, I can do that. Then again, you know, if we get totally, you know, wasted or some huge announcement at the end of the tour, it could be tears. (laughs) (laughs) Someone will record it on their phone and put it on YouTube. (laughs) Some douche. Uh, uh, Because we had tickets to the last show of the tour. Now, if we buy tickets to the second night it'll we'll actually have them for the last night of the tour again that's right which if something happens could be potentially the last iron maiden show so that's right that's right and um yeah not to be a pessimist but (laughs) well that i don't you know it's always there isn't it but hopefully it won't be the case for us anyway so um i'm actually i'm absolutely itching for a beer do you want to do yeah all right you want to tee it up uh oh yeah right we'll uh, listen to our sound clip that we have I've got a uh, yeah I got a new uh, this trooper beer I pulled it out of that um, that tube with the glass in it so it's got this unique label yeah so they changed the label for trooper beer did they change the label or it's not just a special edition no they changed the label of it I think okay same beer same beer same great maiden opportunity lost same great (laughs) new maiden it it is growing on me though man I love it now I was the same way when I first got it I was kind of disappointed and I was like I bought Mm. all these maiden beers now I'm just going to drink them but then I don't know yeah, developed taste there's a, for them. There's a lot of things you could stick a maiden label on, and it, <laughs> all of a sudden it would be better. True, true. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. <laughs> all right, love it. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the new maiden beer label. 
The you old know. one, no. This one's more stylized. I yeah. think they cut down the number of colors, so it's probably cheaper to make the labels. That might be something to do with it. Absolutely. Uh, I like it. I, I, I got to say, the, the Trooper Glass, I thought I'd run back. You got the better half of that bottle. Um, I'll have to get to that. We got a few more in the fridge. Um, but, uh, you know, I like the glasses, I got to say. They're not as nice as our, uh, you know, Book of Souls metal mugs here. But, That's true. Uh, to throw a picture out at some stage on Twitter, but um, they did put out news. They've released a new beer. Yes, uh, it's called the Light Brigade. The Light Brigade, yeah, four point four point one percent. So it is a light beer. I guess that's why they that's call it. it Light Brigade. Yeah, it's a driving beer. <laughs> Don't drink a drive. Don't drink. Oh, it's funny you say that. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I had a clip, but I'll I'll play it later. Yeah, but the four point one percent. I mean, literally, if I think if I drank that. I just damp my constant blood alcohol level. I don't think yeah. it'd get me anywhere good. Uh, but and again, you know, for a you know a gold nail, uh, that's not bad. It says uh, in support of help for heroes. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Well, armed forces. Yeah, I would assume. Anyway, a unique golden English ale. That's what it says. Anyway, but yeah. I uh, can't wait for it to get in the liquor stores here. Yeah, he, he's he's got some uh, the the release there is. Is uh, pretty interesting. What do you make of the label? It's in the. It's in the. It's stylized like the new Trooper label. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, I don't know, but it's pretty good. It's almost like a the Trooper, a trooper label's honor. better. The Hallowit is by far the best label and the best beer. Oh, by the by far the best beer. So that's their fourth beer now. That's their because f- there's the red and the black. Red and the black, the six six six. Yeah. Oh Troopers. God. Yeah, the six six six. I did enjoy that one. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a good. No circumstances that we tried it though hey look it was we, warm when i got it yeah and i was kind of in a hurry to drink it because we had to get to the main concert yeah i kind of pounded a warm beer out of the bottle yeah it's it's it's, it's hard to get both because we're, we're more or less in Maiden for the music not the beer <laughs> but like i have friends who uh, play a bit of music that are half decent i wouldn't say many that are really good but their beer sucks <laughs> so it's like you know it's like or the beer is good and the music sucks but um yeah, so uh, when, when do we expect to get that? Hopefully for a podcast soon, we can have that and do a review. I have no idea how it works in Canada. We're always way behind. Like it, yeah. It'll be in Europe, and then we'll be in the States, I guess. And It took a long time for Trooper to come. So Yeah. But you never know. Take a while to get to Canada. But now yeah. that they're getting the Trooper semi-regularly, like twice a mm. year, I see it in the liquor store. Yeah. So. And our, our, uh, our beer podcast has a serious maiden problem. <laughs> but um, we got uh, new uh, mics here today. We we did a little upgrade on the sound stuff. Yeah, hopefully it'll sound a bit better. Those hopefully. first couple of episodes were a little painful. I was listening to them and yeah, half of it's me talking fast. Well, it's both of us too getting maybe. really excited about Maiden. I, That's you know, true. Hopefully we keep the excitement up. Yeah. But uh, now we've got a fancy uh, fancy microphone and we've got a new image coming. Uh, by oh, the right. time this releases, people may, well, it should be up, at least the first version of it. Yeah. Our own Eddie, drawn by Luke Callanan, who's in China. Right. Uh, and he's uh, shed it to Luke. He's done a great job uh, murdering us in the image, <laughs> which I thought was, was classic. So we farmed our uh, our art job out to a illustrator in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. For free. <laughs> he, he works for free. I actually told him, I said, when you're back, I'll buy you, buy you a good meal or something. But, uh, yeah, no, he's a new film. No, that was cool of him to do. Yeah. And he did an awesome job. Oh, he did an amazing job. I, I was like, when we were throwing it at him, like, what do we want? Let's get, like, Eddie busting in, taking <laughs> over the podcast and killing us. He made my beard look so thick lush. and lush. I know. I know. You actually look good in it. I look kind of shit and I look old. <laughs> I was like, I look old. And he said, you're dead. 
Yeah, decapitated. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I had another news story, but uh, Judas Priest has an album coming out, and apparently uh, there's a song called uh, Lightning Strike, and Bruce Dickinson does vocals on it. Really? Or he like does a like the I don't know background vocals or like a duet or whatever. Yeah. And I read it on a few different websites, but uh, apparently there's been like a press release put out and it's not true. So that was fake news. Oh, fake so news. I had my whole plant here. Fake news. Yeah. Throw this out. Thanks, CNN. Yeah. <laughs> CNN reports Bruce Dickinson. It was actually a Greek website. Yeah. So they had a list of the top grossing North American tours for 2017. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And, and Maiden was in the title of that. Maiden but when you break it down, one. they're quite a way down. But So here's something. Yeah. Here's the list. I'm not going to go through them all, yeah. but like here's the top ones: Metallica, Guns yeah. N' Roses, yeah. Roger Waters, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Trans Siberian Orchestra. I don't know what that is. If yeah. it's actually an orchestra, or if that's some kind of metal band. <laughs> bon Jovi, Green Day, Journey, Queen, Def Leppard, Iron Maiden, Foo Fighters. So, the top twenty, and then it's like Steve Miller Band, Boston, ZZ Top, The Who, whatever. The top twenty. The youngest band there is probably Green Day, and they must be, like, 45. So, like, why are all the top-grossing bands now? Okay, that I don't think it includes, like, pop music, like Justin Bieber. But, like, we, we talked about but Taylor Swift, like, Taylor Swift's sold, yeah, like, she, this is, Okay, million. well, this isn't metal, but it's rock. Okay, it's rock. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But <clears> rock <throat> is a category that, you know as well as I do, if a 20-year-old kid comes in, they're like, oh, I'm in the middle. You know, there are, and there are some up-and-comers, and, and we could talk about Harris's son, and, and some people love that as they opened uh, the Book of Souls tour. But ultimately... But it's just these bands that have these yeah. big built-in audiences already. Yeah. Like classic rock bands. Like, there's yeah. no new rock bands in the top 20, which is weird. Yeah. The, age, just... the age perspective is something worth talking about. Like, for yeah. me, when I look at Bruce, and, you know, you read his autobiography, you look up to him, you know? Yeah. We're, we're around 40 years of age. Uh, you know, he's got 20 years on us. And you look up to him and respect him. If some 20-year-old was like, you know, is this is this real or some crazy dream? I'd be like, you know, like, how, how can you actually, like, sit there and look at some kid? and you know? No, I mean? that's totally not true. Because if yeah. you look at the top-grossing bands 20 yeah. years ago, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bon Jovi, all these bands would still be there. Yeah, but we were young then. I know, but why <laughs> is not why is it not a new crop of bands in the top 20 now? Like, that'll never happen yeah. again. Yeah, well, yeah, I wonder. I just, I don't Is think that millennials no... are into metal or rock, are No, they? I think it's that... They just watch cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> Isn't that all they do? I think, like, Kanye and that kind of garbage just filled up, like, oh, the kind of, Don't get me going on that. I know. Jokes. Don't, don't get me started either. He's brutal. But uh, I think there's, like, no financial incentive for, like, labels to, like, push a band yeah. that big anymore. Kanye West for a minute. Or is it... Hold on. Yeah, we'll go okay. back to Kanye no, because... No, yeah, fair enough. Nobody dislikes that kind of music i put music in quotes yeah <laughs> more than me but is it like back in the day remember like mash and the and johnny carson there'd be like 15 or 20 million viewers sometimes yeah there's like three channels you know what there I mean? was yeah. and like people used to just watch whatever was on and yeah. get a huge market share of like or share of the viewers or whatever but now there's like hundreds of channels all these different streaming services so you can't get that kind of audience anymore. And it's just now that like anyone can record on their computer now. Yeah. And there's so many more bands that and so many more genres that <clears throat> you don't need like a big label to package a band and put it out there. Everyone can just put their own so like is the audience just like splintered over so many bands now yeah. that you'll never get a band that big again? Yeah, but I that that is I would say that that's true in the sense that you're not gonna get the mass appeal. 
But the economics on this completely changed. Like the world now is based on true fans, right? It used to be that, you know, you were the Beatles and we talked about them before or whatever. You had this mass appeal and you you made a dime or a dollar off everyone because it averaged out because your parents would watch it and never buy a record, never do anything. And, and the household would have two Beatles records and there'd be 10 people listening to it. And now what you have is when you have a fan, like you have that concept. Um, there's a bunch of podcasts on it, but the, the, the true fan. I think Tim Ferriss is the guy who came up with this. Like if to survive as an artist, you need a thousand true fans. Well, Iron Maiden have like a million true fans and there are people that will buy every album and they'll go to the tour and all that stuff. And that's far more valuable than being, you know, Taylor Swift has true fans or, you know, whoever else is out there that's young, but they, they don't necessarily have that value per fan. So my interest, the interesting point that you take away is... This isn't the number of fans. This is the growth thing from the tour. Exactly. So that's what surprises me that the younger people don't have those true fans that are pushing up around, like, because... You know, there must be some young rockers. I don't know. I mean, is there anyone under 25 that's making rock music? And also, how do they get exposed? Like Iron Maiden, you know, in the early 80s, you know, the Core 6 albums that we've talked about, they did get radio play. I don't think they got much radio play in their 90s. They didn't get much radio plays thereafter. Guns N' Roses is a radio hill band, right? Yeah, but Iron Maiden's never had radio play. No, yeah, no. In the Even early back days, in the day, they were never on the radio. Never? Not really. I don't know. I, I I mean, the early days, they started to get the radio play, and that was in the early years documentary. They started to get it around. It was more fr- friendly, and they're never going to be on the top 10, top 100. But yeah. like the the 90s for me growing up was Appetite for Destruction, Drive Around a Truck, you know, like, like you know, John Cougar Mellencamp, the things that made it to the radio back then, and yeah. then Nirvana took over, and then it shifted. You're never going to hear any of that now if you're young. So it's like pop and yeah. like hip-hop, has that like taken over the place? Well, hip-hop's taken over everything. I mean, yeah. you, you download like a Spotify uh, workout list, and, uh, you know, for the gym, like I generally just listen to Maiden and Led Zeppelin at the gym. But I was like, maybe I should get like an, a cardio mix or something like this. I downloaded it. It was all like Kanye West. And I listened yeah. to him. It's like electronic Garbage. crap. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, know. I just listened to it. I'm t- Look, he's going out with Kim Kardashian, who's a nut job, but gorgeous. But I guarantee Man, you, I, I, he's he's having sex with her. He's looking in the mirror at himself. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. But, like, I got no time for reality TV stars. <laughs> like, I, what did they do? What did they do? Nothing. nothing. They contribute nothing. They contribute nothing to society. Yeah. They're useless. <laughs> anyway, sewardom. So let's get into the album. Okay. Should we talk about the album? So the album we're doing is A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah. I want to give yeah. a little bit of backstory on this. this we talked about it before. For me, this was the first album I got into. I've probably listened to this album on aggregate more than any other Maiden album, surprisingly. Although I would say it's probably one of the least listened to for me in the last five years. Okay. So when I started in 2006, I got really hardcore into it. Yeah. So for me in 2006, I used to draw, I used to, sorry, I used to walk to work. Yep. And I'd listen to it every single day. And you know how strong it starts. And it was out at the time. And you were like, listen to the new one. Yeah. And be honest with you, one of my biggest regrets is I never got to see the tour. But, you know, top to bottom, it was one of my favorites. And every time I talked to a Maiden fan about it, they just look at me like I was insane. And I'd always say, yeah, I also love Power Slave, which it's I did. Little, yeah. I love Number of the Beast or Killers, which you guys liked that I never really did like back then. And, uh, you know, but for me, it was my favorite. That and Brave New World. I don't know why I took, took on to the later albums. Maybe it was because it was new. So, but now with this review again, I've been listening to its steady belt, and now I'm back, super back in love with it. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great album. That's what we were saying before about how whatever album you're currently listening to <laughs> <That's a problem. laughs> pops into your top five. But this album was kind of for me. It was kind of not to the extent that you got into it, but like with me, I wasn't a huge fan of Dance of Death. Yeah, 
and it, it really took a long time, like years, for me to yeah. get into that album. Yeah. So I was kind of like, this was another album, and then I kind of got back into Maiden yeah. with this album. So yeah, you, I remember actually at the time you were like, this one's really good because yeah. Dance to Death, and Dance it was the death. new one at the time that I gave it, that I got you into Maiden. Yeah. This was the new one, and I was really, really into it. Yeah, and one of the things we wanted to do was, you know, on the podcast was kind of go, go a bit obscure because this is a podcast for really for Maiden hardcore, and yeah, if you listen to this, you're probably really into Maiden. So you know, we wanted to go obscure, so we talked about Dance of Death, and and uh, but for um, you know, but this is a pretty obscure album for most Maiden fans. Yeah, I think so. it's it's got a, a quality that like if this was released in '86, you know, wouldn't yeah. necessarily fit them at the time, but. Um, if it was released in 86 it would be one of the greats I think yeah. lot, so much of Maiden what's best is like skewed by when it was released yeah I think you're right it's like yeah. the average Maiden fan the age they were at when those albums came out was like the perfect time yeah you know what I mean absolutely so I'd like to talk to someone who was like in grade 10 when this album came out in 2006 and that was into like metal and see if they liked this album the way that people our age got into like Power Slave and Beast and stuff when that came out I don't know be curious to see <laughs> absolutely um so start off on the album what's your backstory my backstory on the album how did you inter- interact with it well you got like what do you, <laughs> what do you what do you want to jam about i just listened to the album i don't know well okay 14th studio album yeah 2006 yeah uh i read an interview with nico I would say Nico. I think it's Nico. But anyway. I say Nico, but I don't know. I think it is Nico. I read a yeah. story that someone mispronounced his name as they called him Nico. And he just gave him a little thump on the head, Viking <laughs> style, like a bang. In the interview, he said uh, they were going to call it the Legacy. This album. Yeah, that would have been a crappier title. Yeah, but then they looked, uh, and Steve Harris said that like he looked, and there was a whole bunch of other albums called the Legacy, so they just yeah. scrapped that. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's really it's a long album. The average song, I don't know what the average song length is. Jeez, but like there's so many over six or seven minutes. Yeah, there's six songs over seven minutes, yeah. so it's long. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not complaining. I think they're great songs, and I love the Long Maiden songs. I read a bunch of people online writing reviews, and they were like, uh, the only good song is the first one because they're all so drawn out and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, there's so much going on in the songs. They don't seem long to me. Yeah, and, and I love a long song, like, what are you listening to Maiden for if you if you if you can't get I don't know but I like I could go for hours on this I mean if I like, you don't like yeah. Maiden like then you what are you trying to get are you trying to get a snippet like a radio song then you're in the wrong place yeah, yeah I think so well the thing good thing about Maiden is that they have those like you know wildest dreams yeah different world or, or different world Wicker Man those like I don't know the yeah up rock like the short catchy ones absolutely and then they have their big long epics and this this album has like a mix although they kind of went heavy on the epics oh, <laughs> and man. short on the rockers Did but I'm not ever. complaining Yeah. The, the, so I read another interview with Bruce Dickinson I'll read this to you it says we're not a pop band which has to write songs that last four or five minutes maximum we let our compositions guide us it's clearly the music itself up to a point we don't care if it's at five ten or fifteen minutes yeah. So he's basically like, whatever it takes to write the song. Right? So actually, on that point, so for me, an album is a cohesive feel that fits together. In some cases, they specifically slow or speed it up or break apart, or there's multiple themes in an album. In this case, to me, that the concept of work kind of runs through it all. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. The artwork, all that stuff. 
how you chop and dice the songs doesn't matter. I mean, who's skipping tracks? You're listening to the album. Continue. Yeah. So, and like you said, I mean, so many of these songs, like For the Greater Good of God, Lord of Light, you could split them into two or three if you want to pick your right spot. But why would you do that? What's the difference? Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah. I know. It's like, I don't know. Anyone that's criticizing Maiden because the songs are too long? Yeah. I don't get that. I don't get it either. Like, what do they think of Ryan? I, I hate those people. I hate them all. <laughs> I hate them all. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't see. I don't see. Well, we went into that when we were doing Somewhere in Time, and yeah. there's a lot of criticism of the loneliness of the long distance runner because people yeah. say it's like one riff over and over again. But it's an awesome song. Which like, I we love. broke that down yeah. there in a previous podcast, and that's yeah. that's awesome. But like now that you now you said, it, I'm looking here. Like uh, the last three songs are like seven seven twenty five for Little Light. The other two, Greater Good of God and Legacy, over nine minutes. Eight almost nine minutes for Brighter and a Thousand Suns. Like these songs don't seem long to me. Like well, there's Brighter, no lulls. It's you, not like there's a huge yeah. slow instrumental in the if middle. If I didn't just killing time, it's not like uh, one of those Guns and Roses songs from Use Your Illusions. It just goes on forever. I mean, these these are pounding songs. That like I just for First me, all, yeah, those are great Guns and Roses songs. <laughs> yeah, there are some decent ones in there. Come on, but uh, like if you had to ask me how long November Brighter, Rain, not a great song. It's classic. Oh, come on. Don't, don't criticize the class. I've sex that three times in high school. <laughs> anyway. But if you had to ask me yeah. Brighter Than a Thousand Suns or Benjamin Brieg how long yeah. those songs were, I would have said like four and a half, five minutes. Brighter Than a Thousand Suns, I'd have said four minutes. Benjamin Brieg, I'd have said five and a half. Yeah, because they don't seem long to me. They just yeah. like fly, but they're like... Oh my God, 840? 844 and... for Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. Like, Benjamin really Brieg, 720. Yeah, yeah, that one it does feel long to me though because it just keeps hammering on. Yeah. Yeah. Get into the songs? Well, or I'll tell you now. I, uh, backstory. So... Kevin Shirley, Kevin the Caveman Shirley, is the he's the producer. Uh, he did like Brave New World, Dance of Death, a bunch of their live albums, Rock and Rio album. So this is the first. He did, one. yeah, and he, no, he did like yeah, Brave New World's excellent. Aerosmith, Rush, Black Crows, yeah. a bunch of that, a bunch of Black Crows. So he albums. produced them. He produced them. Yeah, Brave New World's excellent production. But yeah, keep going. So uh, he used to have this website called CavemanProductions.com yeah. in 2006. He still has it now, but right now it just kind of has some contact information. And he used to have this like recording diary and every day of recording or a couple every like week during the recording process, he used to like write about recording Maiden. Yeah. So it's not online anymore, but I have it like downloaded and saved. Cool. And uh, so I've got a lot of cool stuff from that. And uh, he's basically said, there's, oh, a good, there's a good list for all the kids out there. Always save everything on the internet because it might disappear. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually awesome. So um, a lot of times when people record albums they go in they lay down the drum tracks and the bass tracks yeah. they go in then they lay the guitars over it they lay yeah. another layer of guitars then they layer the vocals yeah. and they kind of build them up in the studio so this album they basically had the band in the studio each of them in their own little like corner yep and they all just had their headphones on and they so all of these are like live takes so they're in the yeah. studio they're just playing the songs together then they go back in they'll put the guitar solo over and bruce would just maybe do some harmonies or something so these weren't like it's not like a Boston album or a like what's another band that it's not like Def Leppard Hysteria where it's like fifty tracks built you know what I mean it's yeah. like live takes yeah Harris says and so Steve Harris said in this thing is a quote from him and he said a lot of what you hear are first time takes so a lot of times they're just going do it once and wow. or do a few takes and they pick one so in this uh, this diary that uh, Kevin Shirley had he said. 90% of it is first take vocals. So Bruce went in, 90% of the vocals in this are his first vocal takes. And 80% is uh, first take for instruments and guitar solo overdubs. 
Wow. So this wasn't like one. They basically jammed the songs out, jammed them, jammed them, jammed them, had them really good, really like knew what, knew exactly how they wanted to play them. Went and just played them in the studio and recorded them. Did a few takes and picked a good take. Oh, that's awesome. So it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, fun, uh, and they recorded the album chronologically. So the album order on the album is the order they recorded them in. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they just went in and just started banging the songs out. And they said they recorded it in, like, with time to spare in the studio. They had all this leftover time. <clears throat> so they do any B-sides? Yeah, they did some. I'll get into that in, in, in a while. But, uh, so there's a story he says on this, uh, oh yeah, the other thing is, they didn't master the album. They just liked the way it sounded. And they just, like, they're like, we're not going to master it and, like, yeah. mess with it. We're just going to put out what we record. No EQ. No compression, no analog widening, whatever that is. Yeah. So exactly what they record in the studio is pretty, is pretty much stamped, which is super rare. Yeah. That doesn't happen very much. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I don't think the playing it live in the studio happens very much either. I think yeah. Pearl Jam does that a bunch and like Neil Young and stuff like that, but the, the, for a metal band. There's a documentary about the making of this, isn't there? Yeah. It was on the yeah. uh, deluxe version of the CD came with it. Yeah, that's right. Because I remember watching it. I remember, remember Nico's comment on it. What is that? He I said, just watched it like a couple of days did ago. You? I think he said it was the tightest or the best album they've ever made together. Yeah, he says that every album. <laughs> Does he? But uh, he seemed pretty confident on that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's another thing from uh, Kevin Shirley's. He says, By the way, when Bruce does a vocal, it's entirely physical. I don't have a great view of him, but I can see him enough to see he moves like he's on stage with a fi- fixed microphone, though. His arms windmill around, and when he gets back in the control <laughs> room, he's covered in sweat. He says he gives his abdominals a serious workout each time. That's so awesome. he's not just like standing in front of a microphone with holding his headphones. Yeah, he's like belting it out. I can just picture him in this, like windmilling around. Oh, I, I see that. But I mean, when yeah. I'm singing along to me in the shower, I'm doing like the wizard on the cliff pose, where I've got like the crystal ball in the oh, yeah. <laughs> like in I'm the sure shower. You. I'm like screaming, I and I always got one arm up. That's and the I'm classic just, uh, Dickinson yeah. one foot up on something. And yeah, holding but I a just microphone. I just feel like you're you're casting a spell or like you know cursing a load of people in a valley below you. So here's, you were talking about that uh, documentary that was on the Absolutely, thing. Yeah. So here's uh, a clip from that. You know, um, so yeah, the, the whole concept of recording with a band now is that we go in and we record the whole thing live, all in a circle facing each other, little separate booths so that all the sound doesn't bleed from one instrument to the other. Um, and we all have little mini mixing decks, desks, which we can put our own individual headphone mix in. Yeah, but they never work. That was just them talking about how they recorded live in the studio. So that's, I think that's kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Man. I think for a metal band, I'm not sure, but I know a lot of bands, like they pretty much build the songs up in the studio. So it's cool just to hear these live takes. Yeah, which actually makes touring a, a little bit more interesting, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden it's the first time you're actually playing it together. Yeah, so that's, that's another thing I was going to say is where they play them live in the studio, when they play them live in concert... It's just like these songs sound amazing live. Like, have you heard any bootlegs of this concert tour? No, like, the only bunch? the 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 DVD that you have. Yeah, and I went for a bit of it, but I never got through the whole concert. Yeah. Anyway, they say here I can yeah. drive the clip. Uh... The good thing about that is when people hear it live, they go, "Wow, it sounds." Almost better than the record. <laughs> because you're doing it reverse. You're trying to capture the live thing for the record, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, but isn't that Absolutely. what it should be about? That's what music should be about. And it's become about something different now. It's become about manipulating the sounds. Yeah. And, and that's why when you go to see a lot of bands, they don't sound like the record. So that was uh, Yannick and Bruce Dickinson on George Strombolopoulos. Strombolopoulos. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> George Strombo. But he's just basically saying what I'm yeah. saying, where, like, 
Yeah, for those a listening. lot of these manufactured bands, they don't yeah. sound the same. When you play Is that them. the Canadian George Strom- yeah. Strombo? They works for the uh, CBC Socialist Media in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> don't get Josh started. I'm just kidding. CBC's great. Um, yeah, so uh, dig into the tracks. Yeah. So well, this, the other thing I was going to play, yeah. I got some, I got a ton of clips. I can oh my god, I, so. I love it. So this is just uh, I'm just going to play a, a couple of short clips of uh, a couple of these songs live, just so we can hear how great they sound live. Yeah. like Frank why did we miss that I know that's killing me yeah that would have been a good one man that would have been the top let me tell you about my life let me tell you about my dreams let me tell you about the things that happen always let me tell you of my hope, of my need to reach the sky. Let me take you on an awkward journey. Let me tell you why. Jimmy Page visited the studio when they were recording it. Really? Yeah. 
Because Kevin Shirley was like recording something with, I think with the Black Crows and Jimmy Page. I'm not sure. Well, that's so. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, so, the vocals are insane, man. Yeah, wow. so, I don't know. I think this album, they kind of, they had Brave New World, which is great. Then they did Dance of Death, which was kind of like, I feel like it was like a warm-up for this album. And then they kind of did this album, which was like this peak, like one of many peaks for their career, I guess. But they kind of peaked. And then I think Final Frontier, they kind of like took it too far. So yeah. this was like the good medium between Dance of Death. Yeah. Where they're kind of trying to do something a bit different. Because Dance of Death has a lot of really different songs. But then Final Frontier, I think they went overboard with like the intros. The intros were all stretched yeah. and it kind of like killed the moment. I think that album, yeah, the momentum has a lot of problems. And there's a lot of issues too. The theme is not as strong as this album. Yeah, this album yeah. has a nice... Cohesive like, feel cohesive, yeah. yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, I, I find the biggest issue with this album, where I listen to it so continuously, um, I find it hard to differentiate some of the songs even. Even though, a lot, in a lot of cases, these songs are, the chorus is so driven by the title. I still find, like, the unique feel, that each song has a unique feel, but, like, there's just a consistent album feel that's like, no song really feels out of place here. That's the way I look at it. And um, to me, when I'm listening through it, sometimes I'll just hear it, and, I'm, you know, what am I into? I'm in the Pilgrim of the Longest Day, and it's just like, they kind of run together for me. So yeah. I love that. To think, though, this is 10 years before Book of Souls. We think of them as, like, you know, the, the new albums together from Brave New World to now. Yeah. This is 10 years before Book of Souls. Well, 17 years or 16 or 17 years from Brave New World kind of blows my mind because I still think of that as like still new. new. Still new. It's crazy. Yeah. So what do you think of the album art? I'm not impressed by the album art. No, I gotta be honest. about it. I think it's really cool, but I'm like a sucker for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I actually have the note there. The artwork lets it down a little. I just find it's too monotone, so it doesn't pop. Yeah. And you Eddie's know, kind of in the background, which... Well, I, my, my key takeaway on this is I feel this is the epic war album they always wanted to make. Yeah. And I feel like the, the you know like the cover could have been better. That's the one area of fault I have in this. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go through and just basically, yeah. you know, I know the, the logo this album. The logo kind of like falls in the background. It does. I like this though. I have this one like framed on my office. Yeah, you do. Well, and I love the fact that it's all, there are, there are nice aspects that it can be a good frame on a wall. It doesn't have like some dominant... Yeah, um, single color of red that's just right in the middle that's drawing your eye. Like it is cool. It is but cool. This logo they came up with the, with the assault rifles and that that is cool. But when you dig into the detail on the skeletons around the front of the tank, I'm not super impressed with them. The eddy is not exciting. The tank itself and the background. Like I just think, for me, I, I put this album in a high regard. So and, everything you're saying yeah. basically, this guy Tim Bradstreet, yeah, uh, did the cover art, yeah, and. Uh, if you look on Wikipedia, it says he's a comic book artist, but I read online he's an illustrator, so he's not actually just a comic. I guess he can pretty much do whatever. Yeah. But uh, I was reading a bunch of forum posts of people that were kind of like trashing. Not trashing, but just saying like, oh, it's not that great, and the shadows yeah. are weird, and it looks blah, 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 blah. And he basically came on the forum himself yeah. to like defend himself. And he basically said it's like Maiden basically gave him this rough version of what to do. Yeah. And he had a super tight, super, super tight deadline. And he kind of had to take what they had and kind of like finish it off. Yeah. So he didn't have a lot of say in it. So he said, uh, what's going on with this tight timeline? It's a dance of death thing. Same thing. Yeah. We talked about this last time. Jeez, guys, get the know. artwork right. But he said, uh, it's a fly by seat of your pants, super tight deadline. Take what they started with 
and make it look better kind of thing. I love the concept and wished I could have really done my version of what you see here, but Maiden had their minds made up. So they basically had the idea, and they were just like, make this. Yeah, I mean, what, like a tank with skeletons around and an eddy on top? Yay. Yeah. You know, I look, love this album. We're looking at the vinyl right here. But it's apparently he listened to yeah. it for me. I just when we did our breakdown of the top artwork for me, I had it there because I'm so familiar with it, but I couldn't include it. Like yeah. you compare it to, I mean, any of the any of the other studio albums other than the the few that we panned. You know, the Dance of Death. I don't like the Final Frontier. Various ones like that. Um, we argued over some of the early ones. This to me doesn't. You know, like the simplicity of Book of Souls cover, amazing. This yeah. one is noisy, nothing. See, I love this album cover. Yeah. I really love it. Fair enough. Love you it. also love the military I love military stuff. stuff. You yeah, do. You like have like old Korean military era canisters. Era. Yeah, and, I know. And like you have like old military gears. You're yeah. into that. Yeah, I do have a helmet yeah. just like one of them. One of the Actually, funny story. I was over to a, a friend's house um, the, in the fall, and he had a fully restored 1950s American uh, military Jeep. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, I put what it on Instagram. Uh, yeah. People will be able to dig it up if they go on my Instagram. But the um, I got to I gotta send it to you. That's what you got to get on that. It's awesome. He actually said this summer we can go for a love ride. Yeah, he's Jeeps. got it all right up to speed. He's even done all the dials. Like he's a retired engineer. And it's just like amazing. So I'm thinking about selling it. How much can I sell it for? I'm like, oh, you find the right person. They'll just lose their mind. He did everything. And everything he replaced with the original tools. How much is he selling it for? <laughs> That's the point. Yeah, we I'll could recreate. Paint, I'll spray paint this uh, Iron Maiden oh. logo on the hood and drive it around. Oh, my God. But not only that, it'd be a good cabin vehicle. He says great off-road. Easy to fix. That would be really cool. Yeah, we'll take it offline. So let's dig into the <laughs> album. This one's going to be a triple podcast, isn't it? Oh, uh, man, probably. probably. Yeah, I know. We haven't even gotten a song one yet. but uh, Different right. world. Well, we, we did kind of cover it in the album intros right. podcast. So a different, a different world. Yeah. Adrian Smith song yeah. which mostly a lot of these rockers are like adrian yeah. riffs to start out with yeah. steve harris has a writing credit on all the songs on this album yeah yeah i like this song when it starts out do you ever notice you can hear nico and he's like Ari? yeah i know yeah, yeah. so that's, that's like nico, a, in the stu- that's nico he's, yeah i guess he's yelling to tell ask Ari if he's right harry steve harris if he's ready i love that so it's cool they leave little stuff like that in those neat yeah that is awesome i love the pace uh, vocals are amazing. It kicks off, and uh, the album's so quick, and it runs into these colors. Don't run so fast. Um, for it me, is. It's a cool. Yeah. Rock, well, it's a, it's a good opener. They really like to open their albums with these short, catchy yeah. rockers, which are awesome. Yeah. After this uh, album, after we the next album we do, we have to pick one that we don't like as much because people are gonna be like, "Oh, it's this podcast." Have you ever heard this podcast? It's <laughs> yeah. these two guys, and they just say things about Maiden and then say the word awesome after everything. <laughs> after everything. <laughs> Everything's amazing yeah, and, and, and awesome. You know what? The, the frustrating part. <laughs> wait till you see my ratings on this. It's it's they're they're, yeah. they're garbage. They're all like. Well, we're starting off with two. Um, my ratings on this out of ten are gonna be like a yeah. you know. But the, there are. Uh, there are albums that I'm very critical of, so we'll do one of those next, just to mix it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Something where my ratings don't look like a Keener's report card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this song. Different World's that's Great. Cool. Yeah. So when the single, this was one of the singles, second single for the album. Yeah. And it uh, came out, the B-sides on it were, they did these live radio sessions. Yeah. Of Hallowed Be The Name The Trooper. I think those were the two. And they're awesome. They're just basically them in the studio just playing the song through as a live take. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. That is awesome. I guess it was for some radio. So what are the other singles? Okay, so the European DVD single, because it's, oh yeah, also the video for the song is the worst. It's one of those computer-generated, like, it's horrible. 
But uh, anyway, don't you hate computers? So they're the DVD. <laughs> they're the DVD single of uh, this that came out that had a B side of Hocus Pocus by Focus. Do you know mm. Focus? They're like a Dutch group from the seventies. No. Okay, the original song is the worst. It's like horrible. It's got like a flute solo, an accordion solo, and there's like a big part in the middle where they yodel. It's like this like horrible Jesus. rock song. You're shitting me. No, so they did it, and uh, okay, so, so they they. Oh, hold on, let me. Well, I have a clip of it here. It was so bad. I made a clip of it to play you. Okay, so this is this song. It's terrible. So this is the original. so bad so it's that's it's, it's pretty terrible you heard the yodeling part yeah so when maiden do it they basically uh, i think they did it for a joke they definitely did it for a joke yeah because they replaced all the the accordion solo and the yodeling part with just Nico yelling gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they were just like, hey, hold on, I'll play you some of the Maiden version. Uh, the solo is actually pretty good, so they definitely improved the song. And uh, we can tell they're just like 
screwing around the studio. That's it's just definitely whenever, a joke. Whenever I think of yodeling, I think of those peop, big people with the big horn. They're like, Rico, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like the sound of music. Like that would be Nico there with a the headband on up there. Like, you got a sore throat? Nicola. <laughs> so I'd love to know the story behind how that got to be like, how they decided to pick that as one to cover. It had to be a joke. Yeah. Because the original is so horrible. Yeah, well, like, I don't even, I don't get it. It just makes no sense to me. The first time I heard of that song was on Adam Carolla's podcast. They were making fun of it, how horrible it is. And I had to go, yeah. like, find it and listen to it. Adam Carolla is a Maiden fan? No, no. He, he was talking about that song Hocus Pocus. Oh, Focus. Hocus. Okay, that song. And he was saying how horrible it was. And I had to go, like, look it up and listen to it on Google Music. Because I was just That's like, garbage. Yeah. So, and it had, like, a, that one little riff that is pretty good. Hmm. But I have never listened to any of the other bands. There was a good solo in that. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. But that solo is not... I don't know if that's in the original. I think they do that with an accordion they just, they or something. They're like, this song sucks. We're going to throw a solo in here. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, in that Kevin Shirley blog, or it wasn't... I guess... I don't know if the term blog was even invented in 2006. Yeah. But in his online diary or whatever they called it, <clears throat> he says, We cut ten songs for the new album, as well as four songs for B-sides. Don't worry, they're nothing like the interesting or maybe not B-sides which were left over for the Dance of Death singles. <laughs> These are great cover version, versions with a terrific and humorous spirit. Oh, God. So, so, this, so this is one of the B-sides. So then I looked, there's a Greek magazine that I found a translation of online. And Bruce Dickinson said, we covered songs which we really like. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Tush. <laughs> Tush by ZZ Top, yeah. Space Truckin' by Deep Purple, and Angel of Death with Thin Lizzy. So this compilation called... Re- so this is the only one that was released as a B-side. Yeah. This compilation came out called... Uh, you know those tribute albums? Yeah. There's a tribute to Deep Purple called like Remachined. It's like the Machine Head album redone by other bands. So that's where the Space Truckin' single came from. Or B-side was finally released. It was never released as a B-side. It was just released as this... Uh, on this compilation. So I'll play you a short clip of that. So, so you, wait, wait, no, on, that no. song, where was that released? It was only released on that tribute to our Deep Purple. Okay. So that's two of those four that yep. you mentioned. So Angel of Death, which is an awesome Thin Lizzy song. It's really awesome. Yep. Like, I love Thin Lizzy. And Angel of Death is a great song. And that never saw the late of day yet. And Tush by ZZ Top, I don't think that was ever released either. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Maiden's version. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, it'd be weird. But anyway, so there's two lost B-sides. I don't know whatever happened to them. Interesting. But they're recorded somewhere. Or somewhere. Yeah. Well, fantastic. If they put out, yeah. There's a lot of depth on this album. I think maybe it's because of... Well, why? I mean, is it just the the timeline in between? I don't know. 2006, not a lot going on. I mean, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, the next song... Let's yes. Tee up the next song. These colors don't run. At this rate, will we'll, this album will cover in ten podcasts. <laughs> uh, these colors don't run. What a great, like obviously war song. I mean, yeah. But just uh, you hear that all the time. These colors don't run. I always. It's funny, you know. It's obviously it's a military saying. It's like you know when we're under a banner, we never turn back, and think of all the interesting things. But I always thought of it as like, I don't know, like a, a visual of you know like blood and and mixing of colors i don't know i've always thought of it that way it's just something that hit me as a kid and i thought it meant like the colors of the flag yeah yeah yeah. once we we do not turn back yeah you know exactly but but there's also this this vivid for me uh piece for me you know and this is probably one of my favorite uh you know you're a soldier for your country far away from the from the land of your birth i mean i just love those lyrics and you know it's funny because you know we're here in Newfoundland in Canada. Canada's like a colonial country, but we're like from basically an Irish province. And, you know, I mean, the Union Jack here is a divisive concept. And, and you know, I definitely know that, that there's family members that I have that, that, that wouldn't take too kindly of it. And for me, though, whenever I get like patriotic and I listen to this stuff, yeah. it's almost like from a colonialist. I mean, it's a, almost like, you know, we're going around the world spreading white privilege. Plant your but, flag in some <laughs> yeah, corner. I know, yeah. but like party is like, well, you know, you're going there to give them electricity and iPhones, but no one no one sees it that way. <laughs> but anyway, though, but you know, part of me gets excited by that, you know, like that whole idea. I mean, imagine just back in the day, like landing and, you know, it's easy for everybody to look at the, the new world or the colonial conquest and to say like, oh, they came there and they, they took just shit out of people and there was a lot of horrific stuff I'm not never going to apologize for that stuff but there's also the fact that like those people that went there were like young and scared and had never left home and like you didn't have doctors or internets or phones or telegraphs you're just there with your backpack in a boat trying to like shoot a deer and live off salt fish and then you know like there's these you know, people, and you've got this order signed by the magistrate with a wax seal, and like that's that's the, that's what you're working off. It's so crazy, and I, I just I don't know. This song to me is like the, yeah. the epitome of the war song. I got one criticism in the lead up to these couple of songs is just like the the Winston Churchill clip from the live album. I just think like that would have been ideal in in these kind of setups. You know what I mean? Although yeah. I don't, although, you can't overdo that. Yeah, you can't overdo it, and it already been done. But although I would say. That in some of these songs, there is a run of, there's definitely, and you get this with all English bands that talk about anything to do with colonialism, there's that little bit of mockery, too. Yeah, I know all. what you mean. Yeah, like, you know, if you look at the lyrics, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that in the song. It's not straight up, like, patriotism. It's like almost like questioning whether yeah. it's worth it or something. Whether it's worth it or not. But they're still there. Yeah. I want to throw up my, I never threw a verdict for. The different. drum fills on the song are cool. That's what I have written oh, down for the song. The drum fills. Uh, yeah, this one though, I, I I put down. This is probably my uh, my my goosebump song in some way. Like I love it. Yeah, um, this is one of my favorites on this album for sure. I got to rank the songs. The first song, Different World. I was going to give it an eight out of ten. This one, eight point five out of ten. Like okay. I love these colors. Don't run. And we've 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 argued about this. I always say that song, and you say, oh, no, no, that's not Pilgrim. Well, you don't say it's just. I say it's the best song, and you say oh, right. Pilgrim or something yeah. else. Although I do I, have another favorite song. I'll let you know when we get to it. I have a few. This is in my top three five. though. It's up there. Three. All right, moving on. So, but, hold on now. Yeah. The Dave no. Marie solo. Yeah. Adrian Smith solo, great. And the, there's a part, you know that part where it goes like, whoa, Yeah, whoa. Oh, You great. can tell they put that in. It's like in Fear of the Dark and the Red and yep. the Black. 
those parts where they're like they know when they take that live the yeah. audience is just going to go nuts like if they play this yeah. on the next tour yeah the legacy of the beast tour it's just going to blow your mind when that part comes everyone's just going to be like whoa yeah and i know it's, yeah it's, i love those sing-along parts they put in yeah so the idea so here's okay i'll give you some backstory with the song yeah so ozfest 2005 yes maiden was playing and black sabbath with ozzy osbourne they were uh, closing and maiden was playing before them so bruce dickinson was said a few things about like how he didn't like reality shows one of his quotes is we don't need a reality show to be legit so he's kind of like making fun of ozzy a little bit just saying like because this is right when that show was on the go right the oz, was a show an, called the oz this is gonna take another was this hour called the osborns oh my god hold on now it's, yeah let me get through this yeah because he's this. right but go on yeah i, I agree he's absolutely <laughs> right so he kind of anyway that kind of pissed off yes sharon osborne his sharon manager. osborne a little twerp and i yeah. didn't go on okay Okay, so after all, I'm going to tell you what happened. But after all this, apparently yeah. Ozzy was in the dark the whole time, had no idea because he's burnout. And he yeah. has, no, as much as I love Black Sabbath, love Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne's friggin' in the dark. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. He's like burnout, right? This is from, I think, I don't know, it was, I think it might be the last show on the tour when Maiden was playing. So listen, just listen to this and tell me what you think of this. Three times during the Maiden set, the power to the PA got cut. And then after uh, after Maiden was done, when they finished their set or whatever, Sharon Osbourne came on stage and said this. But there's just one thing. The singer Bruce Dickinson is a prick. So she came on. So basically, she had the power cut to the set. Came out and called him a prick. Try to let you get through this. One. I know, I know. I can see the rage I'm, boiling I'm just, inside you. Her and her fat kids can uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, and also during the set, a whole bunch of people were whipping eggs at Bruce Dickinson and the band. Yeah, like uh, they're just pelting them with eggs. Everyone's like, Sharon Osbourne was responsible. Blah blah blah. So finally, I don't know how long after she did this when she was on the Howard Stern show. So on the last night, I got two hundred. Hispanic kids loaded them with eggs, fucking pelted the shit out of them. And then I went on stage and I said, look, don't fuck with us. So she basically admitted it afterwards. All these people went there to see Maiden. Another thing she was... That was I, very racist of her. So I read online, <laughs> I read online She's a super that racist. a lot of people that were at the show read and they said, or wrote in to these forums. Yeah. And, and comments and stuff. And they yeah. said that they were there and they said they were also kind of pissed off because there was a black... It was Ozfest, yeah. which is like Ozzy's thing. And after Maiden, a lot of the audience would leave and yeah. not whatever. So they're kind of... It was just kind of like... Of they course. felt like they are being upstaged by Maiden. Yeah. So obviously she was just an asshole and she was just like completely... Yeah, but I mean, it's also like... Oh, I can go at... Can I, can I go now? Can no, I say not yet. Ah. So finally... After they got pelted with eggs and they got the power cut during their song, yeah. which is bullshit because you have people that are paid to see you. 
uh, Bruce came out and he said this. So that's when he came out and said, these colors don't run. So a lot of people think that this song, These Colors Don't Run, is kind of like inspired by this whole incident. Because this is when they're writing the new album. So Okay, so that's interesting. So I think this whole album is... Well, it's not directly about this, but I think this is right. So that was the first time he ever said that any time. I can't And then he came out with a song called These Colors Don't Run. I can't believe that happened. I had no idea that happened. And another thing happened is when he had his Union Jack out, yeah. For I think the trooper. Yeah. I assume the trooper. Someone with an American flag came out that with a t shirt on that said don't fuck with Ozzy on it and was like run around behind him or something. So oh, they really yeah. messed Do your up homework the show. on that one, you idiot. I know. I mean, you know, yeah. he's only been in LA since he's been British. And Ozzy is British too, so it doesn't make That's the sense. point. Like what an idiot. Okay, Sharon Osborne, right? That's her name. She's one of the worst people on the planet. I she's a little her. skinny little trout. And you know what? She's a miserable woman and her husband it Fucked around on her forever, and I hope he's pumped her full of herpes from 100,000 rupees. <laughs> and she's horrible. And the whole reality show is poor Ozzy shell-shocked yeah. from drugs, yeah. walking around trying to walk his dog. Like, he doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah. And we've had this debate before, Nesbitt. I'm teeing off. I'm saying this crap. Let me just tell you this before yeah. you go off. Is yeah. that I agree because Black Sabbath is one of the best metal bands of all time. Yeah. And this just completely... one and. Everything yes. about Ozzy that was awesome. This yeah. reality show came out and just made it look like a fool. I completely and it agree. Taints everything. He's it's ever the done. Cosby concept, right? Like Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show's ruined. It's like if you if if Bruce Dickinson, like our podcast, we delete it all if tomorrow Bruce if we found out Bruce Dickinson was a pedo. Like it, it would really impact us, right? Like the the thing is, is what you do after matters. Right and do, he's it, just see. Can you separate it, the art it, from the artist? It though? does. He's a he's a zombie. He's walking around with his little dog like a, uh, an idiot, yeah. and she's there chirping away. That's the other thing too. You know, I've the difference in, between yeah. like stuff that you don't like and stuff that's like horrible. Like the Cosby Show is maybe ruined because what Bill Cosby did was so horrible. Yeah. But if Bill Cosby just came out and everyone's like, "Oh man, Bill Cosby," did you hear that? He's like super asshole. Well, Cosby Show. I think, think marrying Sharon Osbourne is as bad as anything that Cosby <laughs> did. I honestly do. I think that that's that's up there. Yeah. So I have the uh, a bunch of Black Sabbath albums. You actually have seen them on vinyl. Yeah. You've listened to them. I don't want them. You can have them. I hate them. Right. Like I don't want. I already have a Black, Black Sabbath, Sabbath album. Every time I don't. I don't think about him biting off uh, the head off a bat and all back in the day when they were awesome. All I think was him walking his poodle around and being barked at by that troll. So you can't separate. Your, I can't separate. Yeah. Look, you're ruined. You're ruined. This is the same reason that I love Kiss and you hate Kiss because yes, you hate Gene Simmons. I hate Gene Simmons. Yeah, but I, I also hate don't Gene like. I think Gene Simmons is a total tool. Yeah, I agree he with thinks you. he's good at business. He doesn't have a clue what he's talking. I agree about. with he's almost idiot. everything you're saying, but he's a complete Kiss idiot. Is awesome. And the other thing is, is, like, I can separate the Gene Simmons, yeah, from the Demon. You know what I mean? I get it's it. Separate. I get I it. Know. It Especially just so happens Kiss. that we have a podcast with a band that is just all around awesome. Yeah, that's true. And everything they do is awesome. Yeah. And and that's part of the reason I like deep diving. You know how I yeah. always say, uh, I like to say it, you know, a thousand feet and look at a band and listen to their music. Because yeah. when I deep dive, I hate them. Like, I get into a musician, I'm like, oh my God, you know, and they're like... See, that doesn't ruin bands you know, Because, oh. like, this, I've seen so many 
Well, there's a thing on the internet this week about, yeah. or last week, about the guy in the Iron Maiden shirt that's interviewing Kiss. Yeah. Remember that? And they were like, turn, don't disrespect the band, turn your shirt inside out or whatever. Which I watched it and it wasn't as bad as what people made it out to be. It was kind of a joke, but then it was Dean Simmons. Yeah, but that's dick. so insecure. I mean, that, that just proves. Yeah, but I but the thing was with me, I was like, that doesn't matter to me. You know, Hotter the, than hell is still awesome. I'll throw it's this out, out about Sabbath, hours. and I'll throw this out about Kiss. Yeah. You were an exception. My friends, the fella, the, the, the reason I hate Kiss, yeah. my a friend of mine at university loved Kiss, and he was a douchebag. So now I don't like <laughs> Kiss. That, that's the truth. And so every time I say, he's like, Detroit Rock City, and I'm like, that is one song, and it's not even that good. But anyway, you know, if you were From to ask the average album. Kiss yeah. fan versus the average Maiden fan, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. It's like, you know... Uh, are you kidding? I, I don't know. You are 100% wrong. I'm wrong on Kiss that? fans know more about Kiss... Yeah, makeup. ...than any... They know how to do their makeup. You're 100% wrong. I don't know. I bet you, they're, like, Kiss fans that are, that are like, fans of Kiss... Yes. ...know everything about Kiss and everything about every album, everything about every song. Like, they know Gene Simmons has a long tongue, one guy's a pussycat, and all the music sucks. That's all you need to know. Uh, man. How <laughs> you get it in this... We whatever. could spend another hour at this. Yeah. I'll tell you here, here's here's uh, here's my ratings for. Give Kiss me a album. best of Kiss album. I'll listen to it. Hold I won't on. like it though. Hotter than hell. That whole album is like a ten yeah. out of ten. Uh, the okay, Kiss nine out of ten. Hotter than hell ten out of ten. Dress to Kill eight out of ten. Destroyer seven out of ten. Albums Rock I, and Roll Over. You know what? Love Gun. I love not knowing the answer to your question. <laughs> Dynasty Unmasked. Keeping it real. Man, Creatures of the Night. They go around with like high heel boots on. Yeah. That's- Part it's of lame. Also, man. Lame. Oh, man. Lame. Everybody I know who, who follows Kiss is, there's like there's no real music fans in there. That's the way I see it. You're totally, oh, man. Maybe I'm totally off. I don't so, care. So I could talk to you probably as much about Kiss as I could talk to you about Iron Maiden. Yeah, well, if you want to start a podcast there, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm out. I'm there's out. already like five Kiss <laughs> Talking podcasts. Kiss. Yeah. Well, that's a, oh, geez, that's a concern, isn't it? Why is there more uh, Kiss podcasts than Because Kiss is a 100 times more popular than Iron Maiden. Yeah. For every fan that is a cat. Because cash- it's jingles. They're jingles. jingles. Radio jingles. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Maybe they should team up with Britney <laughs> Spears. I don't give a crap. Kiss are amazing. They so have back, the, back anyway, to how much I hate off the Osborne Kiss. first. No, no, no. I want to go back to the Okay, Osborne. go back to the Osborne. I want to go back to... Look, you know what the other thing is? is? She's like, I hired a bunch of Spanish kids to throw eggs. Yeah. They were endangering those kids. Like, can you imagine if you were next to someone who threw an egg at Bruce I would punch that guy in the face so hard. Oh, yeah. I'd lose my I mind. would lose my mind. Yeah. I would beat the crap out of him. Like... I don't get that. You would be in a sea of maiden shirts. You're asking that person to commit suicide. I mean, how many of them lived? So I have no problem with her being pissed off and yeah. saying that he's a prick on stage and all that crap. Like, it's it's no class. No class. But it doesn't affect. But the, you know what? But wait, wait. But yeah. the performance is already done. So come out and say your thing or whatever. Yeah. But you're basically like causing a delay because Nico had to stop and like clean his drum yeah. kit off and stuff. And then, like, cutting the power on them three times during it. Like, there's people that paid to go see Just to See Maiden, and you're yeah. ruining their con. They bought an expensive ticket to your festival, yeah. OzFest, and you're ruining their show for them. I yeah. like, oh, you, I can't Ozfest. explain how Ozfest. much I hate Sharon Osbourne. Oh, my God. Yeah, no class at all. None. He's wearing diapers, and she's going around running the world, and it's it, like, <laughs> look, she, that's the other thing about her. Like, she's there yeah. chucking eggs on stage, cutting their power. Oh, you know, these guys are yeah. pricks because he makes a little comment, which was true. And I think, the part of it is they were, I think a lot of it is they're upstaging yeah, Black but, Sabbath reunion. 
yes, and the reality TV show stuff is complete garbage. But then, like, so all of that stuff, and then the next week she'll be on The View going, I can't believe someone said something derogatory about her. How dare they? We yeah, should kill that person. Like, she's like the biggest social justice nut on The View. Oh, Have you ever she? watched any of her no, stuff I'm, on The View? She gets I on The View. I can proudly say that she, I didn't know she was on The View. Oh, I, I watched it on, uh, I did a YouTube deep dive on how bad she is. <laughs> anyway, they'll, they'll like, she'll like rip people down and try and ruin their life for saying something or, or doing this. And then she says something, and she's like, oh, look at me. I've got a, I've got a ridiculously pool on an exit. It's like, she's got this, uh, anyway, I can't, I can't go off anymore. I'm just so sick of, I, that, that just bothers me. I just wish I was there. To, I knew this would drive you into a rage. Oh my so, God. Yeah. I just, I hate the Osbournes. I hate everything about it. I hate that fat kid they had, that, that, the, that son. I hate the daughter. I hate them all. I just think they're all stupid. They're everything that's wrong with the United States summed up right together you got a talented guy gets taken down by a troll and then they have a miserable life and he's walking a poodle and he's totally emasculated it's like the, yeah. it's well, like, i agree that reality show was the worst idea it's the it worst just, it completely tainted like <laughs> these colors and don't you don't understand two songs in you don't understand how much yes. i love black sabbath like yes i love like tony iomi basically well i can't even listen to them now they ruined oh it. man they didn't ruin it's not ruined for me at all oh it's ruined for me see I don't know, man. Like an awesome song is an awesome song. Yeah, this is where we differ. Yeah, this is where we differ. Yeah. You so know, you're telling me that you don't like Black Sabbath. So look, I don't understand how a person cannot like Black like, Sabbath. I so, don't get it. So if you show me, um, they, they, so if you show me a beautiful naked woman, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. You show me a beautiful naked woman, I know she's a horrible person. I'm not as attracted to her. That's basically the same way I feel about music. The same way I feel about everything. It's like there's there's times where we're out. would you listen to a mix? Of Black Sabbath that has another lead singer other than Ozzy Osbourne? Um, sure. Absolutely. I'll make you a Ronnie James Dio mix of Black Sabbath. Sounds good. But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to hide it. You'd have to hide it. Don't, don't sneak slip some in. kiss in there. I mean, I'm just, I'm super <laughs> suspicious now <laughs> of all the mixes you give me. I, you know what? There's something you also got to realize, Nesbitt, I love hating stuff. That's don't true. take that away rage. from me. Okay. Don't take that away from me. <laughs> all right. Like, why do I have to like everything? So, uh, nuke the Osbournes. Nuke the Osbournes. So, that brings, speaking of that, let's go on to the next song. Okay. Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. Yes, let's close on this one. We'll yeah. get back into it on the next one. Okay. Brighter Than a Thousand Suns, amazing. Yep. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Overall epic start. I'll give this a 9, man. Yeah. I didn't rate you them, but I'm thinking about it now. Like, the oh, song is Jesus. insane. There's a deadly guitar solo right in the middle of it. This is a very, very unique song for Maiden. They don't have written anything remotely like this. Yeah. The timing is really weird. It's in, I think, 7-8 time. You know what? I'm upgrading my 8. I'm doing an 8.5, maybe a 9. You know what? Like, you know, like most songs are in like 4-4 four, four yeah. time. So it's like 1-2-3-4-1. Yeah. This one's like in 7-8 time. So it's like 1-2-3-4-5-6-7-1-2-3. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it skips that beat. But the lyric, but the vocals aren't. So they lay these like vocals that are in like 4-4 four, four time over it. And the way it all comes together, it's like... Maiden, I don't think they've ever done anything like this before. Yeah, it's this is a very song. like Soundgarden-y thing or Tool, like unless you're listening to that kind of music. Yeah, it's like really, really different. And I, I love the fact that it, you know it's eight, eight and a half minutes, and it then, flies though. Oh, it flies so quick. But like, there's that unique solo, um, well, actually, a dual solo around three and a half. That's pretty deadly, and I love that. But this, to me, this this track kicks off that first side of the vinyl. What an epic start to the album, like different world comes flying at the gates these yeah. colors don't run bang on theme and then transitions in this exciting music yeah you know? pretty awesome so awesome um, so you know I don't know for me wow what amazing first side yeah it, yeah it's pretty amazing song it's super unique the timing is like uh, 
You know what? There's probably people listening to this going, these guys are so excited about this album. Like, I haven't even listened to it. You have a whole new amazing Maiden album to listen to. Yeah, I know. Through. You know? I mean, if you are haven't really, since the since Bruce left, the, you know, and, and the Blaze era. Yeah, if you stopped if listening you stopped in the in, 80s, yes. jump back in on this. Brave album. New World, this, and, and Book of Souls, and just listen to them constantly. Yeah. And then if you call, if you call me up and say, Send me an email and say, Josh, these I'll, I'll I'll buy you supper. I mean, there's no way you're not going <laughs> to like them. It's unreal. The song is just... But this song especially stood out to me. It's like... Uh, it just has this like ominous build to it. Yeah. Like the way it starts out. And it's just like it builds and builds. And when that guitar kicks in. But yes. that timing. It's just... It's so like... And with the subject matter they're talking about, it just fits perfect. Yeah. It's so great. It's great. And like the Yannick, when he plays that solo, it goes into this like gallop... Yes. At the end of it. And then when it comes out, it goes back into that like 7-8 timing part. Right, right back into it. It's cool. And he does this cool like... Uh, Yannick does his trademark. Like, not trademark, but he does his really cool whammy bar stuff that like... Yannick plays his solos where he sounds like he's going to spin out of control at any second, but he like reins it in. You know what I mean? Mm. And it totally fits the song because it's up with like yeah. nuclear... A bit of chaos. Testing, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really cool. But I just love, yeah, everything about this song, so... It's just cool. And it's like out of the universe, a strange love is born. Yeah, that's right. Unholy union, Trinity reformed. Trinity, Trinity reformed, yeah. So Trinity, Project Trinity, right? That was the code name for the first atom bomb test. Oh, I just thought like Trinity reformed. I thought it was just like, you know, the uh, Genesis stuff. No, Trinity, uh, Project Trinity was the name of the first detonation of a nuclear weapon. Really? Yeah. So this whole song, song has a bunch of references to that. Well, it makes sense on the yeah. album. Yeah. And when they say a strange love is born, yeah. I don't know if that's a reference to. Did you ever see that movie, uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange love? love? Yeah. So I think that's yeah. like a reference to that, which yeah, is also it's a Kubrick about, film, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's also about like dropping an atomic bomb on. Yeah, that was one of his films I never really got into. Yeah, I thought before, and I don't remember much about it. I remember it's a lot of just like funny, yeah, snappy dialogue. Yeah, really, really in the war weird. room. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you want me to play the? Uh, the oh solo yes, I want you to play the solo that starts at around yeah three thirty five or so. So yeah, this is the solo I'm talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. The fact that that was recorded, can, I don't know if the was so, it? I don't know if the solos were. I think they oh, went okay. in and laid the solos in after. But he said like eighty percent of the solos were first takes. Yeah, well, the the the, the solo's awesome. But for me, it's the way the drumming meshes in, especially the beginning when it's the like, drumming oh, on this whole album yeah. is it's amazing. Great. It sounds great too. The yeah. way this album's mixed, like you can hear every instrument sounds awesome, and you can really pick out all the different instruments. It doesn't sound like muddy at all. It, I love it. Another thing they do is like when they come back into the verses. Bruce Dickinson, they have this like reverse reverb. So it's like an echo. Yeah. But then they put the echo at the beginning. So the echo kind of fades in. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. So it's like gives it this like creepy, creepy. Yeah, all feeling. nations are rising. That, is that, is no, that it's like when the, when the vocals start at the beginning yeah. of the of the verses. Oh, okay. No, I don't know exactly. Okay. <laughs> no clue what you're talking about. Okay. So I, I, have, I have a uh, 
This is a clip of you that I put the that effect on, and yeah. you'll recognize it when you hear it. And we're back. And we're back. Oh, cool. And we're back. Is that my is that my catchphrase? That's you from the beginning <laughs> yeah. of like a lot of podcasts. I'll play it again. So it's normal the first time. Yeah. And then it's like you take the the echo. Yeah. And then you flip it around backwards, and you lay the the echo. So the echo comes before and fades yeah. in instead of the echo hitting and fading out. And just because, and he does that on the verses. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah. So it's it, cool. But you'll notice that it's like, and then the lyrics start for the. Yeah. There's a Mastodon album where they do something like that on it. The newest Mastodon album, "Tread Lightly," I think is the song. And right before the uh, courses or the verses come in, there's like this weird echo. But it's like the echo comes in before the actual singing. Yeah. So it it gives it a really cool effect. So they do that in this song. I think it's super cool. So side one of a four-sided album, <laughs> we're an hour and a quarter in. I know. It's well, going to take a while to get set through. Set you off on the Aussie... Uh... We did a lot of backstory, though, so that's good. Um, right. We'll do this one as a two-parter then. But you know what's so funny is like now that we're I'm reflecting on this, I'm like, oh, this has got to be the best side in the album, but it's, for me, it's not. I mean, this is such a great album. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, we'll get into uh, we'll get into side two, three, and four. Yeah, we'll tee it up on a, another podcast. Yeah, we'll take a, we'll end it here, and we'll get into it again. But this is uh that was a I didn't think it would take so long to get through this album. I knew it was gonna be a long one, but Yeah. That's fine. So when you hear these colors don't run now, are you gonna be like, think of Sharon Ross? Oh my god, I'm gonna and you're now I'm like, just yes. gonna put my foot down when I'm driving and listen to it. Any, <laughs> Tell them Bruce. Any skinny pink haired <laughs> idiot walks up the road, I'm gonna jam into him. How ridiculous oh man. Oh, right. I'm gonna be tossing a bed tonight. Okay. So next time we'll get into uh the rest of this album, but Absolutely and good beer and um It's yeah. a classic. I enjoyed that. All, All right. right. Looking forward to the next one. TalkingMaiden.com. TalkingMaiden.com. Check it out.